Thank you, Pastor Dan, and uh, it's just a, a true joy and pleasure for me to be here. I certainly do not feel like a guest. I feel like I am at home, <clears throat> excuse me, with you guys. Um, now, I didn't take my uh, allergy medicine today, so I don't know if any of you suffer from that, so my, my voice might be messing up a little bit, but I've got my water, I've got uh, your kindness, your patience, your love, and we've got the Lord Jesus Christ with us and for us, so that's the best medicine in the world. Uh, my lovely wife, Nancy, isn't here today, but she uh, sent you her uh, regards. We had uh, some special activities at the church she needed to be at, but she is with you in spirit. I always like for her to be with me. I don't know if you know about you know, psychological studies. They do all these kind of studies, and they've shown that uh, perceptions of intelligence, uh, people's perceptions of intelligence are influenced in a couple different ways. One of them, for example, <clears throat> is if you're by an attractive woman, the man is perceived as more intelligent. So I wish she were here. I wish she were here because, uh, and I was intelligent for, uh, and blessed by marrying her uh, for sure. But the title of today's sermon, <clears throat> excuse me, is Letting His Spirit Radiate Health. What I want to do today is I'd like to do three things. One, say thank you to each one of you. Uh, and this church, I want to give a brief report of our work together in the counseling ministry. And it is work that we're doing together. Uh, and I, then I want to minister to you and encourage you in the Lord through his word. So let's begin with number one. <clears throat> Thank you. Have I said that yet? Thank you. I mean it. Thank you. And I also mean this. I love you. I love you in the Lord. I appreciate your love for me, um, and it's powerful. Love, the love of Jesus is the most powerful thing in the universe. It never ends and it never fails. And it brings about healing. It does bring about healing. And that is part of the ministry. That, and when I say I, I want the pronoun to be we. We are the body of Christ. How do you know there's one church? One church in the body of Christ. Now, it has uh, different expressions in that body, different local fellowships. And our two fellowships have joined one another in partnership, and it pleases God, and we've done that purposefully. But really, uh, the healing that's going on, on in that house, on this campus, can only be done through prayer and God's word. So I want us to remind us of the important work that we're doing. When we talk about partnership, too, and I think of my wife and <clears throat> different things and you guys, I do want to say, um, um, I guess I'll just say this. I hadn't thought about it before. How many of you guys ever dated a gal before you married your wife that wasn't your wife? Yeah. You know, you know. <laughs> anyway, how many of you know you don't want to marry everybody you date? Okay, you just don't, you know, and sometimes in that process, you think of, well, I mean, they can be great gals, lovely gals, but marriage is a holy sacrament, isn't it? It's a holy sacrament, and it's to be taken seriously and joyfully because there's healing, I believe, that can take place in a marriage that can happen no other place. Now, unfortunately, great hurt can happen in marriages, too, because it's just that intimate and holy. But my one thought in that, and I, I will also say, because part of what the healing that goes on in that house, on this campus, in the will of God, is we want marriages healed. Amen? Amen. And restored for the glory of God. 
So when you bless me and I bless you, it's for a reason, to bless other people, to just bring them to Jesus Christ and for healing. It's, we, let's just keep it simple in that way. But I did want to tell you, as we've journeyed together, we'll continue to journey together, there was a time I, I fell so in love with you guys, and I, I love Pastor Dan and his family. We thought about getting married. Now, that could be confusing the way I just said that. But really, Dan and I, we were thinking and praying about maybe God wants our churches to merge and form one church. It would have been like a marriage. And as we thought and prayed about that, he says, no, don't marry one another. Don't form a, a one church together, but stay partnership. Stay friends in the Lord. Work together in ministry. And that's what we're doing. But I'm telling you, if I had to do it, my, the love was so strong, I wanted to marry you guys. But, you know, you, you don't get everything you want. Do you know that? And how many know that's a good thing? You don't just marry anybody. You don't just get it every time you have a good feeling because we want good is the eternal enemy of the best. And we want the best. And the best will always be God's perfect will in our lives. So thank you. Thank you for partnering with me and Starbridge and ministry and kingdom building work. That's a phrase I would like for us to keep together in our, in our consciousness together. We are doing kingdom building work. I never want our relationships to be common or casual, to never take one another for granted because we're always doing kingdom building work. When I came on this campus and I saw the guys out here writing down lists to take care of this property, to do, to do work over there in the house, that's spiritual work, amen? It's spiritual work. It's being good, because this isn't your property, is it? It's the Lord's. To be wise stewards of that at every level, every day, is spiritual. Not just on Sunday morning and not what we think of spiritual things, but it's all spiritual. We need to do it as unto the Lord. So I want to thank you for being wise stewards and partnering with us. So in kingdom building work, which is always about love and relationships, and we kind of, we're not just talking about it or studying it, we're doing it. And to me, that's where it happens, where the rubber hits the rose that lives are changed in the power of Jesus Christ and we give him the glory. Amen? So in all of these points, I want to share some scripture verses that I do think are relevant or important. I want to take off my jacket, if you don't mind, since I've already said I feel like I'm at home here. Um, let me go ahead and do that. <clears throat> but Psalms 31, 23, 24. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints. That's ye. That's ye. And that might confuse you guys because I use the King James Version. I know a lot of people know that. But when it says ye, that's you guys. You know, if you need a big translation, you know, ye, that's ye. But it's me too. Because it's we. Let's keep thinking of that pronoun. It's us. It's we together as unto the Lord. For the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Not just the proud thinker. Not the, just the, the, the proud studier. But the doer. We need to do God's word to have it do its complete fulfillment. God will reward that. Be of good courage, and he, God, shall strengthen your heart, your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. How many of ye hope in the Lord? 
That's you guys, the hope in the Lord. I mean, in the Lord, that's why you're here. I know exactly. You might think, you don't know me. I know why you're here. You love God. Am I wrong? I am not wrong. You love God. Not everybody goes to church. You guys have made the choice to do that. You love God. And it shows. I can feel it when you love me, Nancy, the ministry, when we love together. Whether we say it all the time, it's in the name of Jesus, though, isn't it? This is his house. We are his people. Number two, I want to give a brief report on the counseling ministry. Um, I actually put my phone in the car. I'm just going to tell you a, a couple things that I was going to read. Somebody, I was seeing somebody in counseling. My brief report is we're seeing more and more and more people in the counseling center. More, well, there's going to be an internship uh, in the fall. Uh, God willing, uh, that we'll have students come over learning to be Christian counselors to help people. But the real people that are coming over there are people um, struggling in marriages, struggling with emotions, being overwhelmed, uh, being hurt uh, by different things. And here's the one thing I just want to tell you. I tell, so far I've told everyone I don't do this in a... Um, I guess a planned way, only that I, I speak the truth to them because I do think truth is what heals. Truth is what sets free. For, so I'm always confident in just speaking the truth. And that's why I want to remind you, if I say this, I cannot lie and help anybody. Only the truth and honesty helps people. But this is what I tell them. This campus is dedicated to God. This is a safe place. I know all homes are not safe. I know all people aren't safe. I know all campuses aren't safe. But I tell them, this campus is a safe place. It's been dedicated to God and healing people. And I say, you see that church over there? Now, see, I sit over there. But I see that church over there. There's people over there praying for you. Is that the truth? Now, it's a reminder, I do want you to pray more. And I can feel your prayers, I'll see your prayers, and I'll keep giving you reports on the, the effects of righteous prayer. And I believe that you're going to get more and more reports of people getting healed. And I'm just telling you the truth, lives are being changed over there. I point to this house and I say, the people in this campus are praying for you. And when you leave here, I tell this to almost everybody, I says, when you, if you get healed, when you grow, when your marriage is restored, when you feel fulfilled, when you, I says, I don't want you giving the glory to Dr. Bailey. I don't want you giving it to glory to psychology, okay? I don't want you giving glory to counseling. All those things may be count to, in, a, in, a, in a way, I say, I want you to tell them the truth. People were praying for you, and God helped you. Give the glory to God. Is that all right if I do that? So you're going to know what's going on there. I'm not lying to you, but then I want you to, to be fervent in praying for this because with all of my heart, that's what, how healing will take place. Surround this campus, every aspect, but that's one ministry I want you to learn to love in the Lord. Do you know also why I feel close to you guys and say, you guys don't know me? I'm going to tell you something about prayer. Prayer does two things. Why I ask you to pray for me, and I'll pray for you. And I try to get to know some of your names more and more. I'm bad on names, but I'm good visually. I can see things in my mind. It, prayer does two things. It draws you closer to God, 
and the person you pray for. That person doesn't have to pray. I'm saying if you want to feel closer to God and people, pray for them. You can do that. Pray for the people coming on. Even if you don't know their names, the Holy Spirit will have you involved. And this has got to be a spiritual thing or it won't work. Amen? It cannot be of the flesh or it won't work. So, um, Colossians 3, 12, 13. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. I'm talking to you guys. Ye, if you want me to keep saying that. Put on bowels of mercy. You can talk all that, you know, your heart, in your gut. I want us in our gut, in our soul, in our heart, in our bodies to love God more, to love people more, and then these are the fruits of the experience. The Spirit will come out. The bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. It's so healing. We say, well, how does emotional, psychological, uh, relational healing takes place? We're reading it. It's in the Bible. Forgive. Forgive. Be quick to forgive. You have to think it through. You have to understand how, what all that means. Forgiveness is profound. A forgiveness that can only come from the Holy Spirit. You might not feel like forgiving somebody, you or I. Do it anyway. God never says in here, if you feel like it, forgive. Forgive. And you know what happens? The healings get healed. Your healings, their healings. Forgiveness is deep and is profound when it's of the Lord. If you wait for your feelings to lead you in the right direction, you're going in the wrong direction. Amen? If any man have a quarrel against any... Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So we're operationalized. Mercy, kindness, long-suffering together and forgiveness in a deep, deep way. Number three, I'm here to encourage and minister you, dear saints, through his word. Are you ready? Oh, get ready. Come on. I know still waters run deep, and some people are loud, some people aren't. I mean, that's fine. But anyway, here, let's read Galatians 5, 13 through 26. <clears throat> For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Let's call that free. Can I just say something? Freedom from sin is wonderful. God's calling us to a holy living, to be separated out, to be saints. Can I just say, none of us here, I hope all of us that know you have been freed from sin. How many find that liberating? I love not being a slave to sin. I love being a slave to Jesus Christ. Jesus has never betrayed us, has he? He's never lied to us, betrayed us, put us down, or used us. Sin does all that, but Jesus doesn't. And we're going to live holy lives. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, this word I'm sharing to you, my beloved friends, ye saints in the Lord that are hearing my voice right now, Thou shalt 
love thy neighbor as thyself. You're my neighbor. I'm your neighbor. The people that come for healing and help in that counseling center over there are your neighbor. The love of Jesus is what will save them. It saved us, right? The love of Jesus. Love is an action word. God has chosen to love people through us. I get we look ordinary, and we are ordinary, but we can do super ordinary things. We can bring healing to people in all of our spheres of influence. That's another concept I share with my congregation. I want to share with you. I find it a helpful one. Each one of us has a sphere of influence. I talk about, for example, this campus is a sphere of influence. You on this campus influence your community. But when you leave here today, you'll go to your home. That is another sphere of influence that only you can bring the love of Jesus to. Then when you go to work, or if I go to Missouri Baptist, or, or that, those are our spheres of influence. I can't touch people in your sphere of influence, but I can pray for you. You can't touch people in my sphere of influence, but you can pray for me, and we can touch them in that sphere of influence. God wants us to influence the world, amen? amen. So let's take seriously our relationship as a holy relationship to serve God and to operationalize love. And when I say love, that word love has been so messed up by the world, I always qualify it this way, the love of Jesus. Because if you just say love, that is all out over there. Some of the goofiest, dumbest things are done in the name of love. That's why you really almost have to say, I want us to, the love of Jesus so when I say, I love you in the Lord, I'm not qualifying it down. I'm defining it up. Amen? It's not emotional. It's, it's not any of us. It's real. It's eternal. The, so, how many of you love your worship team? I love them. The songs that they sang, the songs that they prepared for you, the songs that they prayed about, if you would listen to them in the spirit, they were profound. They talked about eternity, our identity in Jesus Christ. They were encouraging, they were deep, and they were true. Never think of them as just guys or gals you know. Think of them as agents of change for the Lord. Take them that seriously, okay? Go deeper with them. Let the Holy Spirit minister, minister through just ordinary-looking people like you and I. We've got to open our spiritual eyes, amen? Not our natural eyes, our spiritual eyes. Verse 15, but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Can I tell you an eternal choice that God never takes away from us and it's called free will. When you leave this campus, you can choose to do fleshly sinful things, or you can choose to do spiritual godly things. But that term choice is free will. Free will. God is a wonderful Lord, but he's not a dictator. He will not make you or I do anything, but he can encourage us, he can empower us, but he wants our willing heart. Amen? Amen. How many of you want to give him your heart? 
and willing. You all have work to do. I know it. I can just feel it. And I want you to be aware of that. <clears throat> Verse 18. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. That whole list I just read, they're ugly things, they're vulgar things, but they happen in the world. When the people come over there for counseling, they've been affected by almost everything on this list. We're not to participate in that, but we're to help and pick up people who have been affected by all those things because God wants things of the flesh and sin to stop. Amen? Amen? And it needs to start with us. I could just draw a circle right around me. God, help me to stop sinning. God, bring me holy. Even keep me from the temptation to sin. Keep me at work for you, Jesus. Draw me close to your word. Pick me up. That's what I want. And God will honor that wanting. I guess I'll say this. Some of you don't know me. Some of you might know this. My ponytail. I was at school the other day, and some administrator was coming back and said, oh, so you're Dr. Bailey. Somebody, when they come to school, they say, make sure you take a class from that guy with the ponytail. Okay, well, here's the deal. Because uh, I do know long hair is controversial among Christians. I am on a Nazarite vow. I think most of you know that. That's the reason when you see, I, it's a public thing. I've told it to my school. I get devices because I just speak the truth. I felt impressed by God. Uh, in fact, Pastor Dan and I were involved in a 40-day period of fasting and prayer. And uh, God spoke to me personally, and he said, I don't want you to stop the fast, and I want you to enter into a Nazarite vow. Now, some people will think that I am crazy and neurotic just because I say I think God told me something. He did. And there are people who don't even believe God exists. That's their choice. It's not my reality. Amen? Amen. Now, I could take it. Now, some pastors, I believe me, all kinds of squirrely stuff happens in the name of Christianity. Now, if I wanted to become religious, I could do something like this. Well, I think all of you should take the Nazarite vow. Well, that would be religious, and wouldn't it? We're all called to be holy, but we need to listen specifically, well, how am I to act out my holiness? So, I'm not, well, just because God told me that, that doesn't mean, well, you should do it, does it? But we're all called to holiness, right? Every one of us, okay? I did want to stop on this last word to here of heresies. Now here, I just felt impressed. I would like for us to consider four popular heresies that if not exposed to the light of Scripture can turn people astray from the path of righteousness and healing and holiness. And they can confuse even true followers of Christ. Heresies, I might add, that have made many people quite wealthy and famous. So I'm going to share them with you, and in part because part of my ministry where God has called me as, yes, as counselor, but I'm also a teacher, and he's given me platforms in order to combat false doctrine. Since I love you, I would like to share these heresies with you, okay? Okay. <laughs> Number one, perfect health and abundant wealth. 
Some people call it the name it and claim it thing. And let me just share with you too, and we were a part of a charismatic and Pentecostal fellowship. The charismatics and Pentecostals are almost the worst of this. Let me just tell you this. Don't tell God what to do. Do you hear what I'm saying on that? If God wants to heal you miraculously, let him. If he wants to heal you gradually and over time, let him. If he wants to heal you ultimately in heaven, let him. Make your request be made known. Understand that God is a God of healing, but don't demand it. Don't tell God what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Amen? We need to humble ourselves. God is God. We can tell him what we want. We can pray for things. Don't tell him what to do. He may call some of us to poverty. Did you know that? Why demand wealth just because I want wealth and then gripe and complain that God didn't meet my prayer when I'm praying out of his will? Wouldn't that be bad? God wants us to be mature and intelligent. Number two, and it's related to this, it's a heresy. If you don't have to sacrifice and you're not called to holiness. Can I just tell you the Christian life is full of sacrifice? It's not all fun and games. And we are called to stop sinning and to live a holy life. Now, I tell some people this, they'll argue about this. And I really don't like to argue about stuff. And they'll say, well, we're all... I says, look, the next time you think you have to sin, you call me up and just tell me. God has given us the power to not sin, the provision to not sin. It's not his will to sin. And he says to be holy, right? Now, I get if you slip and you fall, you confess it and you move on. But I'm telling you this. God wants us to be holy and to not sin. And the, the view out there that, well, we're all sinners and we're all going to sin, I'm not going to claim that. The scriptures don't speak of that. All of these heresies have roots of truth in it, but they're not the complete truth. They take a small part of scriptures and they run with it and, and bad things happen. We need to let the Holy Spirit bring these truths into balance. Number three, you need the Bible and, what do I mean by that? You need another book. You need another program. Well, there's another prophet that you need to listen to. There are literally whole denominations, and I'm not going to name them because I'm trying to be kind. They say, well, there's the Bible, but here's a new revelation. You've got to have this book to understand the Bible. That's not true. Don't let any book even come close to the supremacy of God's word. There is no equal to God's word. It's inerrant, and it's true, and it's sufficient for every, every, every area of life. And you don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to have a doctorate. You don't have to have a high school degree to be wise and holy. Quite frankly, I tell some people, I have so much education and degrees, it's a wonder I can think at all. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's about the truth. Some of the brightest minds in the world have educated themselves into insanity. By that, I mean this. I ask the little kids at, at church, who made the tree? God. Is that the truth? Do you know what they're teaching in universities? 
of where the trees came from, you came from, I came from, either from nothing, and they kind of stumble all over that, or we come from evolution, some concept, somehow, somehow we crawled out of a swamp, blah, 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 I get it. Highly educated, sophisticated terminology packaged very, very well. It's still a lie, isn't it? The truth is God made the sun, the stars, and the moon. He made the trees. God exists. He's real. He's speaking us to now. And there is a heaven. There is a hell. Amen? Amen. You don't, that, if education gets in your way of doing that, stop getting educated in the ways of the world. Or just challenge it and just say, you know, you're wrong. Well, you're wrong. That'll freak them out right there as if there's a right or wrong kind of thing. Let me go on because I still want to cover something. Number four, God is only a God of love and not a holy God who judges. As much as we talk of love and it is profound, we also need to know that the stakes are high and God is a God who judges. He's not some humanistic God of love that accepts everything. He has high standards. Why? Because he wants to pick us up. To have high standards, to be a holy people, worth loving people and knowing how to do it. God wants more out of us than we want to ourselves. I'm going to just say something, because here's something I try to do. How many you can kind of feel like I'm a little passionate about some of these things? It's good to be passionate. It's good to live for something you believe in. It's weird to me. Some people go through life with no passion. And I, say, that would, I wouldn't like that. You know, you got to have something worth dying for if living makes any sense. You know what I mean? How many want to live and die for Jesus Christ? His word, his will, and his way. Do it. Do it. Don't be embarrassed. Don't try to please any person. Please God Almighty only and be proud of it. Not prideful, not in an egotistic, narcissistic way. Just, I have a great God. He's blessed us. He showed us the truth. I'm not confused. Let me tell you how God's impacted my life and just speak the truth in love. But the two verses I think of, to be angry and sin not, I am angry about some stuff. That's part of where my passion comes from. Can I encourage you to be angry and sin not? Hate what God hates and love what God loves. You will be a whole person. Understand that there is right and wrong. And we're to be part of the solution, aren't we? There's a spiritual warfare going on. You know what I'm talking about? Let me just say two things. I even hate to say it, but it's so pervasive. I want us in this form of prayer to say we're going to do something about it. Not out of emotion, not out of fleshly anger, but because God wants to use us. Amen? And there's the two things. I hope I can say these things without, quite frankly, crying. And I know as a psychologist in the slightened year, it's okay to cry. I just don't like to cry in public, okay? I just don't. It's just the way I was raised, just the way I'm wired. I'll cry in private. I'll cry in, in my prayer life. I will cry in front of people. I just don't like it. I'm not a good crier in public. But anyway, and I'm going to say this. And I... I I hate to say it. Oh. Uh, uh, I do need a little water here now. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Babies are being killed. 
in this country and it's legal. Do you, you hear what I'm saying? Babies in mothers' bellies, and I know technically it's not a belly, it's just how I talk about it, are being killed. And this world is saying it's okay. And I'm telling you it's not okay. I get that those little babies, they will go to heaven. They will. There is a, and I'm not going to get into this. I know this is controversial. There's a, a stage of accountability where you have to choose to reject God. And little babies and little children, even in Euro, when they die, or there's a miscarriage, that's God's choice to take them right to heaven. So don't feel sorry for the baby. Please don't. But we still have to be angry at this heresy that says that life does not begin at conception. Because it does. I hope you're not confused about that. It does. I get people are educating that out, out of our society's mindset, but it's the truth, and I've come here to tell you the truth. The other vulgar thing I see going on is there's a, not only a redefining of life and where it begins and the meaning of life, but of marriage itself. Marriage is a holy sacrament. And it's between a man and a woman. Can I just tell you that form follows function? Natural form follows natural function. It's a creation. There is such a thing as, as right and wrong, pathology and normalcy. If you just think of how God made us sexual, he made us male and female, one of those groups has eggs in them and the potential for life. Another part of that group has sperm in them and potential for life. When those two people come together in God's design, which is in marriage, the egg contains the sperm and life begins. That zygote is what the, the medical doctors would say is in the woman's belly. It should be the most loving, safe place in the universe. In our country, it is no longer safe for many, many people. So I want to go back to God's natural design. It's as good and as normal as God can make it. A sperm and an egg. A baby, where is the other container? In marriage. Marriage is a holy place. All of those can only happen between a man and a woman at the altar of God saying, bless our family. From families are where churches and nations grow from. If you break God's law and you ignore his word and you start redefining marriage your way just because you want to please people, that's the kind of silliness that's going on in our country. I don't hate anyone. I don't. I love God and his word and I don't like people being lied to. Do you hear what I'm saying? Those two lies, we're seeing the fruits of them, aren't they? I'm not going to get mad at anybody who has been seduced by those lies because I'm telling you this right now. I've got two enemies. Satan, and yes, I believe in Satan because he's behind all of this garbage. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why people are getting hurt, killed, used, and abused because Satan hates God. And he knows the best way to get to God is at his children. Just like, think about it. You parents in here, if I really wanted to hurt you, what would I do? I would attack your kids. You could maybe take any blow I gave you. 
But man, if I attack your kids, it hurts more, doesn't it? I've got kids. I said, look, take my arm. Take my life before you hurt my kids. That sounds heroic, but isn't that the, hero, the, the heroic heartbeat of every good parent? You're not touching my kids. I'm telling you, my wife is a little nice, cute. I'm telling you what. These little gals, and there's some around here, you take on their kids and you'll find out you got a mama bear after you. They will, you better watch it. That's a godly thing to take care of your children in utero and when they come out. Love them in a holy way in your home. Let your homes be a safe place. Let your church and your campus be a safe place because all I'm telling you, it's not safe in every home. It's not safe every place you go. Even on college campuses of higher education, they've almost become seminaries of humanism. I guess I don't even have to say almost anymore. They're teaching a false doctrine. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I'm not big... I, I didn't start this fight, but I want us to finish strong and our greatest weapon is love. Love. Kindness. Speak the truth in love and be angry and sin not. Jesus Christ himself saw all, saw all these atrocities going on in life. Believe me, he was the only one in the whole planet that ever lived a sinless life. And so what did we as a species do? We lied about him. We beat him up, we spat in his face, we told him he was nuts, and we nailed him to the cross. Am I lying to you? I'm not. That is real history. Real human beings do that in the face of the epitome of love and grace and truth. And his name is Jesus. What did Jesus do? He saw all of that clearer than we do. He could have put up his fist, and he says, all right, I've had it up to here. I'm calling my angels. You guys are going to get wiped out right now. And he would have been justifiable to do it. But he's holy. Instead of putting up his hands like this, he opened them. And he took the punishment that was for you and me. And think of what came out of his mouth. Father, Forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Such profound grace. But we are his children now. And we do know what we're doing. We need to forgive. But stand up and speak the truth. That's why Jesus went to heaven. Sent us the Holy Spirit to empower us to speak the truth. To heal in his name to help little innocent babies to declare the truth. Don't mess with God's word. Don't redefine reality. Don't redefine marriage. I get that people will have the freedom to do that. I encourage them not to. Why? I'm not trying to put them in a box. I'm trying to have them the liberty and the freedom that comes with following Jesus Christ. It's wonderful. I wasn't always saved. Nobody here has always been saved. I know what it's like to live in darkness. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what it's like to live and follow a lie. I've seen the light. The light is real. 
The light is Jesus Christ and it's found in his word. And he is raising us up. And I guess that, I, that's the word of encouragement. I'm going to stop here because I feel I'm, I'm probably out of time. But time doesn't stop. The stakes are high. Families are being destroyed. Babies are being killed. In all of this, can I also say this? Please be thankful. God is in control. He has work for us to do. And when people ask us, and, and they'll ask, somebody's asking me, I, I, they'll say, Dr. Bailey, why are you so happy? Okay, I'm just kind of known as a positive guy. Why? And you know what I tell them? Because remember, I've got to tell them the truth. I'm saved. What more do I want? I know Jesus Christ. I know where I'm going. My identity is him. In him, I have a purpose in life. I'm going to live forever. I get that this is not all what it's about. I am thankful to be saved. I can remember saying that over 30 years ago. Probably, oh, yeah, over 30 years ago. And I can remember good-meaning Christians telling me this. They'll say, oh, wait till you've been saved for a while. That zeal will go away. I thought, what are they talking about? Well, let me tell you, I'm 60 years old right now. I love the Lord now more than I ever have. I get that my life on this earth is much shorter, and God has given me a new zeal. Says David, you better do something with your time. Tell more people the truth. That's why I'm here today, right? Let me tell you something else. You guys aren't going to live forever. We, I might die tonight, right? I'm not trying to be bad. You guys might die tonight. Speak the truth in love. Anything that we've said today could help somebody, could save somebody. Tell them about Jesus, your love for them, what you believe and why. But speak up. Maybe that's my encouragement I'm supposed to give to you. Speak up. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's just that you have something to say. If other people say, well, you're not educated, you're not this, you're not that, you are saved. Act like it. Amen? I'm saying that in love. Don't I tell you guys I love you? I love you so much. I'm very thankful for you, but I want us to work. And, and I'm just telling you, pray for me. I walked in, and one of the brothers said, Dr. Bailey, I've, I've been praying for you. I believed him. I said, you know what? I said, pray more. Not because I'm living in sin. I'm doing good, godly stuff. I need prayers. That's why I'm praying for you guys. Not because you're bad, because you're good, and God wants you to be better and do something. Amen? Amen? I'm wanting you to encourage with that just so, so much. My time is up. What time do you guys get done? About now, am I over? No, don't say that. I, I have to live in boundaries. I, I have to respect your time. You have places to go. But when I say I feel strongly about this, do you get that it's, I'm not just an emotional guy? I'm not. I'm a pretty stable guy. I'm reasonable. But above all that, I'm saved. I know the truth, I've seen the light, and I've also seen the effects of sin and darkness and a lie. And I love this country. I'm a veteran. I'm a Vietnam-era veteran. Both of my brothers are veterans. My dad and all of his brothers are veterans. So when I say this, I want to tell you that I love this country. I don't like what our country is doing any more. When I teach classes at Missouri Baptist University, they, they, they can't fathom how old I am, quite frankly. Even, you know, the Vietnam War is, I don't even know if they understand what that's about. But I tell them the truth. 
Roe v. Wade occurred in 1973. When I was their age, abortion was illegal in this country. Laws change, folks. Mindsets change in a whole country. We need to stand up for the truth because our country, in large, not all of it, not all of it at all, and we have so much to be thankful for, but we need to hate what God hates, love what he loves, and do something about it. Amen? Amen. Do something about it. Don't be passive. Don't be nice. Don't try to please everybody. And it's almost a classic definition. You know what happens when you try to please everybody? Psychology will slap a label on you. You're neurotic. It is absolutely neurotic to try to please everybody. Why? Because you cannot. Here's what brings sanity. Please God. Please God. Obey God. And I'm going to say this and then I will close. It's not a punishment. It's a reward. To please God. To obey God. To serve God. To walk in holiness is a blessing beyond measure. It's a privilege, it's an honor that none of us deserve. We all know that we only deserve to live and go to heaven because of Jesus. He's the only one that did not sin. Each one of us are sinners, but we can't stop there. We're sinners saved by grace. God, keep us on our pot, his potter's will so each one of us become more like Jesus. And instead of fighting with our fists, we fight with love and we forgive them. We can do no else. Forgive them like Jesus forgave us and then speak the truth. Amen? Don't fight them with our fists. Heal them with our love. Amen? Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for this group of people that you have called today on this campus. It's not an accident that they are here. Holy Spirit, I pray that you administer to each person here. If there's healing, heal them in your name. If they need to be more grounded in your truth, ground them, but use them. I thank you. These people could have been a million other places today Life is not an accident. Your creation is not an accident. Your word is not an accident. You are purposeful. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would be with Pastor Dan and Carol as they minister to this flock of your people. I pray that their people would pray for them daily. I pray that Pastor Dan would hear from you completely, clearly, and obey you. I pray, Lord, that each person here would submit, including myself, Lord, to your word, your holy word, and to you so that we can be used. I pray, Lord, that each person here, all of us, each of us, would be changed when we leave this campus and we would hate what you hate and love what you love, speak the truth in love, and forgive people, but then minister to them in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. I'm going to turn this over now to your pastor and he can close. Uh.